In the early years of my walk with God, I walked on eggshells, always a little anxious and fearful of maybe making a misstep and falling out of favor with Him. I don't think I'm the only one. I wasn't raised in church, but I have lots of friends who were, and sadly, some of them felt that God was a little like Santa Claus. Remember from the song, he's making a list and checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty and nice? Well, when I think of God watching over me, I don't want to think his motive is to catch me blowing it. Because, well, that would be a really long list, right? (laughs) So let's talk about how I got over the anxiety and the worry and finally got comfortable with God's all-seeing and all-knowing nature. I'm Kelly J. Grace, and this is Divine Connections, a podcast about connecting the truth you believe to the life you really live. Today, I'm sharing the first of 13 life-changing lessons I've learned in almost 50 years of walking with God. You're listening to Episode 1, God is for You and Why That Changes Everything. You know, mindset is hot right now. It pops up everywhere from health to parenting and from finances to brain science. Change your mindset and you can change your life. Now, usually we Christians are pretty quick to poke fun at pop culture fads, but I want you to hold your fire on this one because there's an element of truth in it. You know, mindset is really just attitudes or beliefs that shape how we make sense of the world around us and of ourselves. So do you remember 2019? Yeah, I know. It seems like a decade ago, right? (laughs) But I called it the year of gratitude. And in 2019, journal sales absolutely skyrocketed as millions of people counted their blessings and then recorded them in super fancy moth or moleskin journals. And guess what? They felt better for doing it. Now, why is that? Well, the scripture tells us that a cheerful heart does good like a medicine, and nothing lifts your spirits faster than focusing on all the good things in your life and the world around you. So even people who don't believe in God feel better with a mindset of gratitude. So what's mindset got to do with the life-changing lessons that I told you about? Well, as I began sketching notes on each of those lessons that God has walked me through, I realized that at the core of every single one was a biblical truth that had actually redefined my mindset. Divine truth had reset my thinking. And today I'm going to share with you the first big truth that I learned that shook up and realigned my mindset. Now, I've told you that this podcast is about learning to connect divine truth and daily life, or connecting the truth you believe to the life you really live. We're going back to the early years of my life as a believer, almost 50 years ago, and we're going to look at how my failure to connect the truth to my everyday life really did impact my experience of peace and joy in those early years. 
you know, I joke that if I wrote a book about my life, I'd call it Out of Order. And the title would have a double meaning because I've done most things in my life out of order. Like, Well, I got pregnant at 15 and then got married. I had three children and then went to college. And at 67, when most people are retiring, I began a new venture of learning how to create online courses for Christians and also how to do a podcast. Crazy, right? But the other meaning of out of order kind of relates to brokenness. And what do I mean by that? Well, just that those um, sins, especially from my young life, that one of having had sex outside of marriage, that kind of lingered and draped itself over my shoulders for several years after I'd accepted Christ and I knew I was forgiven. I mean, I knew it in theory, but I didn't really feel it in my heart. I couldn't quite believe it, I guess. And I'd, of course, committed lots of other sins in my life. I mean, as young kids, we're mean to other children. We say things we shouldn't say. We tell lies. We steal bubble gum from the store and then lie about it to our mom, whatever. But the guilt and the shame of that one particular sin had kind of been superglued to my soul. Now, in his letter to the Christians living in Rome, Paul the Apostle says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is changed. And that's Romans 12 too. Today, I'm sharing the lesson that's had the greatest impact on my life and my walk with God. It's the lesson that really and truly set me free and taught me what grace was going to mean in my life every day going forward as I followed Jesus. It became a pillar of truth in my own spiritual life, and it set the tone for my whole relationship with God, and it is this. God is for us, and why that changes everything. Now, the Bible gives David, remember David, the king of Israel, it gives him this really cool descriptor. He's called a man after God's own heart. So when David talks about God, I listen up. And here's part of what he says to God in Psalm 56, verses 8 and 9. He says, you yourself have recorded my wanderings. You've put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your records? Then my enemies will retreat on the day when I call. This I know, God is for me. And even now that little phrase gives me chills. God is for me and God is for you. You know, Paul picks up the same idea in the New Testament. In Romans 8, 31 and 32, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Indeed, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? Now, that's a little bit convoluted for the way we speak in 2021, But Paul is making a point by asking us to realize that God has already given his most cherished one, Jesus Christ, for us. 
Doesn't that stand to reason then that he won't withhold anything else, but instead will give us all things freely along with having given Jesus for us? You know, I love it when God uses logic and plain language to convince us that what he's saying is true. God is for us, and that changes everything, if we'll just believe it. You know, in the first five years that I was a Christian, I had two miscarriages. And, you know, of course, I prayed each time as soon as it became obvious that there was something wrong in this pregnancy. But both times ended in the heartbreak of loss. And then this cloud of doubt settled in over me, and I began to be uneasy in my relationship with God. I had a vague sense that he might be displeased with me, and it started showing up in my thoughts. Maybe that's why I had miscarried, and my thoughts got wrapped up in this haze of confusion and fear and really of doubting God's love for me. Would I ever have another child? What was I doing wrong? I mean, how could I please God? See what I mean about walking on eggshells? It was not a a happy time in my Christian experience. And these thoughts, they just kept chipping away at the joy that I had had when I first was saved. And I wondered, you know, what was going on? Well, of course, years later, I know the source of those destructive, toxic thoughts. It was the enemy of my soul, and he was super busy throwing rocks at me, or what the Bible calls fiery darts. But back then, I was just afraid that God was somehow disappointed in me, and so he was withholding his blessings. Now, if you start listening to this podcast, you're going to hear me time and time again come back to that verse where Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So several days after that second miscarriage, I was out in my backyard and I had stretched out on the diving board above our swimming pool. And I was just lying there looking up and the clouds were kind of gliding by across this beautiful blue summer sky. And I really I don't think I was thinking about anything in particular. Um, You know, I was just, I was just laying there. I heard though, these words in my mind and in my heart, and I know I'd read the verse before, but here comes this truth, but it felt like it was just being spoken fresh to me again. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness have I drawn you. Oh, it felt so personal, so in the moment. And those words broke through that cloud of doubt about how things stood between God and me. It was a fresh declaration of his love for me. And that love shattered all my doubts and it deflected all of that toxic messaging that had been coming from the enemy. And I remembered that truth from Psalm 56 and Romans 8, that God was for me. And that truth became the first of many milestones on my path and my journey with God. Now, did I still feel the loss of those miscarriages? 
of course. But you know, it wasn't made more bitter by a feeling of unworthiness or finality, as though something about me had caused that to happen. The fear that I'd never have another child, that also released its grip on my heart and contentment with my life and my family as it was right then became a daily joy again. So I want you to listen once again to David's words to God. He says, you yourself have recorded my wanderings. That to me is, you know, we journal about our daily life, but the truth is David says, you've recorded my wanderings, the ins and outs of my life, the highs and lows, the victories, the defeats, the joys and the heartbreaks. You're right here with me in it, recording it all. And you've put my tears in your bottle. I mean, the tenderness of that, that God cherishes up the the tears that we shed, the times that we are overcome by sorrow disappointment, a crushing blow of some kind, um, even just the mounting frustrations or fears that we have that produce those tears, God cherishes those up in his bottle. David said, are they not in your records? As I said, we're not the only ones journaling. God's doing it too. Then my enemies will retreat on in the day when I call. This I know God is for me. So I like to think of this as David here putting a stake in the ground. He says, this I know, God is for me. He knows the way I take. He's recorded it. He's treasured up my tears. And this love bond with him is what will conquer my enemies. They'll run away when I claim and proclaim his love for me. Now, In Psalm 139, verse 16, David writes this, In your book they were written, the days that were fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. Life can so easily confuse and confound us, can't it? Challenging circumstances discourage us, and they make us lose heart along the way. And that's when the enemy tries to take advantage of us by whispering, that somehow God is no longer for us. He's not on our side anymore. His love has faded, and we're we're really only fooling ourselves that we have a real relationship with, with him. He's disappointed in us, and he's dusted us off. Well, let me ask you, are you in a vulnerable place right now? Have you been doubting God's love for you and the truth that he is for you? If so, friend, it is time to push back against the doubts and the fears by doing just what David did and putting your own stake in the ground. I want you to say it out loud and I want you to believe it. God is for me. And that truth, that truth has the power to change everything. Because God is for you. He has not forgotten about you. He is not ignoring you. He loves you with an everlasting love. You know, C.S. Lewis, the famous writer, tells of having read an article um, that said the fundamental thing is how we think of God. And C.S. Lewis said when he read that, he jumped up and he said, no, how God thinks of us 
is not only more important, but infinitely more important. So let me ask you, how does God think of you? Well, this truth that we've learned is that he is for you. So I want you to write that on your heart or post it on the fridge, but you need to start filtering everything you believe and every experience of the day through that truth. Connect that truth to your everyday life and watch as your doubts and your fears begin to dissolve and your peace and your joy will increase and his love will become that banner over your whole life and being. You know what? I want to invite you to join me in a prayer. As we remember and celebrate the many, many ways that God shows us that he is and always will be for us. Father, you keep a record of my life, but not a list of my failings. You save my tears in your bottle and my prayers as heavenly incense. You number the hairs on my head, and yet your thoughts toward me are greater than can be numbered. Your love is everlasting. Your grace is always abounding. Your mercies, they are new every morning. You are continually inviting me to come closer, and you walk with me throughout the day. You watch over me throughout each night. And when I'm cast down, God, you lift me up. When I'm afraid, you hold me close. And when I lose my way, you come and find me and carry me back home. Thanks for listening to Episode 1 of Divine Connections. You can hit that follow button and be notified of new episodes. And if you enjoyed this one, would you please consider leaving just a short review so others can find us here as well? You know, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Kelly J. Grace or for more encouragement or practical tips on connecting the truth to your everyday life. You can visit my blog at kellyjgrace.com. And while you're there, make sure to download the free spiritual self-care guide. It's kind of like a spa day for your soul. Now, next time we'll be exploring our fears around transparency and how those fears can keep us from really enjoying true intimacy with God. So be sure and tune in next time for lesson number two. You are fully known, yet completely loved. <music>